You're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest Transport for the North podcast. I'm your host, Gemma, and as usual, I'm joined by my colleague, Stephen, uh, for an update on all things transport in the North. Today, we are bringing you an interview with Councillor Michael Green. He is Cabinet Member for Economic Development, Environment and Planning at Lancashire County Council. And we've also got the very latest from our board meeting and the first West and Wales meeting, which involves collaboration between the North West and the Welsh Government. So let's get straight on with all the latest from our board meeting. TFN board took place on Thursday, the 17th of September in the afternoon, as usual, bringing together our members, that's from the 20 local transport authorities and the 11 local enterprise partnerships in the North, um, alongside, of course, our TFN officers and chaired by John Cridland. More news on him later. Um, so, Stephen, let's bring you into the discussion. TFN board yesterday then, um, you're going to run us through some of the highlights. We've also got some uh, some clips to play from that meeting as well, so you can hear directly from some of our members and their comments. Um, and in fact, that's a, a good point to mention to um, remind our listeners to this podcast that all our board meetings are streamed live. All of the public sections you can watch along as they happen. Head to the website transportforthenorth.com navigate your way through to the meetings page via the uh, the calendar on there uh, and you'll find the link to watch live all of the board items in public uh, and all the agenda papers as well so um there was one discussion in private though this time Stephen, wasn't there regarding northern powerhouse rail what can you tell us about that um yeah so i think i think essentially what's happening with northern powerhouse rail is there's a lot to do uh before the end of the year so uh so with a uh, big part of it was uh the discussion at uh, this board which unfortunately had to be held in in private um which i know we don't do unless we unless we absolutely have to we like to be uh people to see everything that we're doing as much as possible um but uh we've got some more decisions that we're taking in the november board as well um but yeah so that that took up a massive part of the discussion as you can imagine with such such a big project um that was there was there was a lot going on in that one um so but then moving on past northern paris rail we also had a bit of governance uh we're looking at the integrated rail plan as well um so obviously that's we're expecting that to come up towards the end of the year potentially um and then uh, and then we also did a little bit about the the comprehensive spending review mm-hmm. so in governance then um i believe there was uh, the election of the minority vice chair Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Transport for the North has uh, obviously John John Cridland is is the chair of Transport for the North, um, and uh, there was uh, Councillor Louise Gittins was elected as the majority vice chair uh, last uh, at the last board meeting. So she represents Labour, and then there's the majority vice chair as well. So Mayor Ben Houcham was elected as as the minority vice chair. So obviously that's to kind of show the you know the cross party working of Transport for the North. You know I think I think uh, I think as they would like to say it came across in quite a few of the discussions. You know I think we're Northern first. Um, I think is kind of like the view that tends to come across at the board meetings. Um, yeah. So yeah. Absolutely, absolutely right on that um, Northern First. And I think several members made that point yesterday. And as you say, I've been making it for for a long time now that actually, you know, 
party politics to uh, a greater or lesser degree, depending on what's exactly being discussed. But but on the whole, it, it's that aside and, and what's working for the North and how can we come together to do the best for our region and it, its businesses and people. And that is absolutely the, the whole point of Transport for the North, isn't it? It's that one voice for the, for the region. Um, so on that note, um, one of the updates was around the integrated rail plan. And we heard from our very own Tim Foster with the latest work on that, didn't we? Uh, yes, yeah, we did. Yeah, we've heard uh, our listeners will be familiar with Tim Foster because he, he he chaired um, uh, the last uh, TFN talks, which is on on business priorities. So he's our head of um, he's got a very long title, but essentially he's head of policy, strategy, and economic development, and maybe, maybe a couple of things as well. Uh, so yeah, so he's been working on, on on our submission to the Integrated Rail Plan, which obviously is is crucial for the north of England and and the country really, because that's obviously looking how you bring. HS2 and NPR together fundamentally, but also some of the other schemes around that that would fit in, so such as Transpennine upgrade, which we've always seen as kind of a prerequisite to Northern Paris Rail. You know, I, we're working on the assumption that that is delivered in full. So, we, you know, we welcomed the government announcement recently about that as well. Um, so, yeah, so it's, so it's looking at the TFN, you know, the, the TFN view about what we want to submit to that. Um, a lot of the discussion around Northern Paris Rail earlier will, will obviously feed into that as well. So, I think um, so. Yeah, so it's it's a big piece of work. It's crucial for for all of us, and we just want to make sure that we're getting the you know the best representation on behalf of the north into that plan before it's published. Mm. Uh, absolutely, and so we we have submitted uh, early advice already to the National Infrastructure Commission on their rail needs assessment call for evidence. Um, I think that's the uh, the, the proper. Uh, raising of the uh, of the call that was made that was earlier in the summer and um, but we're, we're now sort of following that up with more detail particularly as you say as the plans for northern powerhouse rail develop so as we get to that stage uh, a bit later on in the year where where members agree on the the preferred network for that that will then feed into an additional more detailed submission on the integrated rail plan but it's also about more of the local schemes, some of the quick wins, some of the things that we've been already waiting for, for years on, which actually can can start quite quickly and can bring benefits in the, in the sort of short and, and medium term. And then the bigger projects like HS2 and NPR sort of follow on from that and set us up for the for the coming decades, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's. Like I say, I think by, by definition, I think we tend to, you know, particularly when we're working in the kind of the transport strategy or just transport in general, you tend to break things down into, you know, one specific project. But, you know, one of the things that we, we like to say is that actually if you're if you're a person who's going to be on the rail network in five, 10, you know, 30 years time, you're not going to think now I'm on HS2, now I'm on Northern Pass Rail, now I'm on the local line. You just, in general, you're just going to be on the train network. So actually having that fully integrated is is crucially important because sometimes I think if you can get a bit siloed in the delivery of stuff, um, that's when you can end up with, uh, you know, little gaps. So actually working out how it all works together is fundamentally important. So as you said, we, we've already submitted kind of like a, a broader scope or an initial submission already. Uh, but, you know, we, we've pulled together a lot of expertise by working with our partners about what works and what doesn't and what fits in. Um, you know, I think in large part that, that that's ultimately the purpose of Transport for the North to pull together though that kind of local knowledge and then work with them to see how it pieces together. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's exactly what we want to do with our, with our you know, with our final submission 
um, to the to the NIC before they publish. Um, so yeah, it's about articulating that voice and and making sure that it all it's integrated basically. It's just, uh, it's given in the name, isn't it? So yeah, so we we, we know we've got our bit to feed into that. Yeah, absolutely. Clue, clues in the name, you know, you can't do these things piecemeal. You can't have a short sighted vision and then, you know, come to a big project years down the line because, you know, it makes so much more sense on a on a, on a practical level and also on the on the financial level to plan it as a as one program almost and to make sure that it is joined up, it is integrated along the way and that if there's, you know, things that you know you're going to need to do for NPR or HS2 further down the line, what can you do now to, to prepare for those things? Uh, we've got a couple of clips from some of the comments uh, from our members on the integrated rail plan. So let's have a listen to those. Uh, Heather, I think you are waiting. Yes, thank you. And whilst I take on board the comments about Annex A, I would just like to say that obviously the clarification on the status of Darlington Station is uh, should be included in the process because we feel it's one of the TFN's priorities for early investment. And secondly, the, the reference to East Coast first priority route, and we think that that should be specifically to include the gauge enhancement for Northallerton Eaglesliff rather than simply Yarm and the Stillington sections of the route. So that's just clarif clarification of both those points, please. Thank you, Heather. Um, I'll take everybody's comments, Tim, and then come back to you if you could just collect them. I think Stuart was next. Stuart Swinburne. Yeah, thank you, John. Um, just a couple of points I'd just like to raise within the uh, the rail plan. I think it should uh, it shouldn't include any any detriment. I believe that to our existing services, as previously mentioned, um, it should include the wider growth areas such as North East Lincolnshire within the Northern Powerhouse Rail, rather than the just city connectivity. We always seem to be down in, in North East Lincolnshire as a, a small cog in a big wheel, and we seem to be forgotten a lot at times. And uh, I like to just raise these points and make sure that we're not forgotten uh, in that. I think it's increasingly important as passenger and freight volumes grow in line with the expected economic development across all of the north. And they would include, I believe, in quick wins for Northern Powerhouse um, and Northern Powerhouse Rail and early delivery of HS2 to capitalise on spare East Coast and NPR line speed. Uh, the that will encapsulate and enable more direct London trains. I think the opportunities to better align HS2 and NPR should include Cleethorpes to Sheffield and that's integrating with HS2 and NPR, and that would give us faster journey times. And finally, John, just one point here on the consideration of the freight capacity and the connectivity, which should include Immingham. I mean, Immingham is very important um, with those. We've got this record. We're only a small port, but we've got the record of the most uh, tonnage in, in, you know, import and export of tonnage to the port. Uh, and that's currently 240 plus rail freight movements a week. I believe that the increased use of Immingham port would offer significant benefits to the UK, including reducing current and future congestion on crowded London and southeast infrastructure. The Port of Birmingham and its switch from coal to deep sea containers is going to offer massive linkages to Liverpool for trade between the US and Europe, especially beneficial post-Brexit. So I just hope that my points will be taken into consideration, John. And as I say, we believe that we're just a small cog in that big wheel 
And uh, I wish I was in Andy Burnham's place at times, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the big city places. But uh, you've got my support on all that, Andy, and keep fighting for what you believe in, mate. I think, Stuart, you and I are country lads. Um, I can tell you, I was in North East Lincolnshire on Monday, so you're certainly not forgotten. The uh, other item that we heard in public from board, Stephen, was an update on the comprehensive spending review. Um, now, why don't you start by giving us just an overview of what, what a CSR is um, and what, why is TFN involved? What do we need to do for it? Um, yeah, so a comprehensive spending review is is basically the government's looking at how it's going to fund things for the next kind of five years, really. They tend to work over par parliaments, basically. I think we're expecting the comprehensive spending review earlier in the year, but obviously due to COVID-19, it's been pushed pushed back. Um, so essentially, they look at funding. So it's, it's really important that Transport for the North, you know, feeds into that about what we want, where we see ourselves going forward, what we need. Uh, to, you know, to keep articulating that voice on behalf of the North. Um, so, so that submission, um, it's 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 gone in. Uh, so we had, I think it was it was said, you know, we've we've already submitted our initial submission to the Department mm -hmm. of Transport's deadline, and uh, to let them know what we want. So obviously, they 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 sponsor us as an organisation. Um, but then the other one is actually the the, the main feed into Treasury, which uh, which we need to go in on the on the twenty fourth of September. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work to do to make sure we get our asks in there about what we what we want as an organisation. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So as you say, this is another one of those pieces of work where we've had to submit um, an initial initial response, but work very much is ongoing. Uh, there is some quite uh, chunky detail in the papers for this, if anybody's particularly interested in looking at uh, some of the, the figures around the TFN Comprehensive Spending Review Ask. Uh, there is a lot of detail in the board paper. Um, again, all the public papers are available on our website, so you can go and look at those anytime and see what's coming up. Uh, and then, like I say, watch the, watch the discussions live. Do tune in if you're able. They're always really interesting. The other thing that I just wanted to touch on, Stephen, that came out of board, which was really interesting and a really, really positive uh, point, was on the relationship between the new Northern Transport Acceleration Council and Transport for the North. And our chair, John Cridland, confirmed that he has accepted the role of president of NTAC, first NTAC meeting took place uh, a little bit earlier this month and it was really good to hear wasn't it that um, NTAC and TFN will very much have uh, a complementary role I liked his his Venn diagram analogy I love a Venn diagram uh, the chap invented Venn diagrams quick fact for you he is from Hull so big up <laughs> to Hull and Venn diagrams uh, what did you make of, uh, of those comments? Yeah so I think I think um, it's been it's been known now that you know John Quidlin's been appointed as president of the Northern Transport Acceleration Council and I, th I think going back to when it was first announced I don't think anybody was really too clear about what this role would be how it would fit in with TFN but I think ultimately what we've been calling for throughout the whole time is for things to be accelerated you know we we want to see faster delivery of transport projects um, and that is something that lies with central government you know we we can ask for what we want uh, but it is it is central government so that, that that push that forward so so naturally obviously the secretary of state has come in and said he wants to set up this body to speed up investments uh, and delivery of projects so so that's that's exactly the type of thing that we want um i think from our side, I think 
we obviously have a board that's made up of you know 20 local transport authority leaders 20 politicians the and the 11 local enterprise partnerships you know so we've we've got a very very strong voice on behalf of the north of england about what they want so i think john was quite clear um that he saw his role as 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 kind of brokering with brokering that you know his his job is to articulate what the north wants and obviously to work with the secretary of state to figure out how it can be develop quickly so I think John John was very clear that you know that that was going to be a tough role and I think a lot of the board members you know recognize that that was going to be a tough a tough role but I think with you know with the amount that we want and the amount of investment that's needed in the north of England you know it's it's not an easy job so it's something that uh, that the, the board seemed happy that he's taken up and he's willing to push forward. Absolutely um, Manchester Mayor Andy Burnham in particular was was very supportive and again really great to hear him uh, once more, as he as he very regularly does, uh, reiterate the importance and the role of TFN in bringing the North leaders together to speak with one voice. So, um, yeah, I think we need to listen to, to Andy Burnham's comments there. I just want to say on this call today, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad that we're in this position today because we've been on a, a difficult journey, all of us, haven't we, over the last uh, the last few years. But, you know, I, I did say very strongly to the Secretary of State all the way through this that were it not for TFN and the focus we had on those timetable issues, I don't think we would have uh, got through them in the way that we did uh, and come to some clarity about what needed uh, to be done. Because you know, we are all absolutely focused on uh, the North, its needs, it, its people. And no one else is and no one else has been really. No, no other body, public body in this country has ever given proper attention to the North of England. We all know that. So. TFN did a proper job and, and needs to be defended, in my view, as, as an organisation. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that we are where we are today because, you know, we're, we're an important organisation uh, go, going forward. And uh, we've come through a challenge, but that's, that's uh, to be expected from time to time. But I think the way we all work on this board and the way we've all gone through some difficult conversations, um, I think reflects well on everybody and you know, we need to, to build on that now because we're going to enter a very critical phase as some of our discussions that we've been through today reveal. And this is where I, I, I come to the issue, John, about um, uh, NTAC, uh, TFN and, and, and your role. Obviously, acceleration sounds like a good word, but the North needs more than just speeded up delivery. It needs the right infrastructure uh, to be built and this is TFN's role isn't it sometimes to put the brakes on a tiny bit and say no no we're not just being get what we give get what we're given we want what's right so that was a very quick run through of all the talking points from our board meeting on the 17th of September and um, I've pointed out that the uh, the meetings are broadcast live and you can access all the public papers on our website. We do also record it, so the recording is now available uh, at the same section on our website. If you go to any particular meeting page, uh, you should find the link to watch the recording. So if you do want to watch anything back, uh, you can go and do that. The next board meeting is the middle of November. Stephen, you're going to have to give me the exact date because it's gone out of my head. It's the 18th of November. 18th of November. Thank you very much. I'm glad you know what's going on. So, um, yeah, we'll have the we'll have the agenda and the papers published uh, a few days before that. So keep an eye out for those. We already are expecting a further piece on Northern Powerhouse Rail to come to that meeting. So sure to be uh, another interesting meeting before the end of the year. 
Another uh, really interesting meeting that I know you were involved with uh, this week, Stephen, is the West and Wales Transport Forum. Um, tell us about that. What is it? Why is it set up? What's it going to do? Um, yes, I think it's something that's been that's been kind of in the works for a long time. So Lucy, who works in the policy team, has kind of picked 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 this up and done a, a really good job. Um, so I think it's it's essentially came about while we were working on the Western Wales corridor, which was uh, obviously uh, people might know there's the seven strategic development corridors that kind of a, a fundamental part of the strategic transport plan about where we see economic movements across the north. And one of those, which isn't so much a corridor as a blob, if we're honest with you, that uh, <laughs> that covers going over North Wales and into the northwest. So you're looking at, you know, the Cheshires and then the Liverpool City region and Greater Manchester as well. So um, so it kind of came about from the work that we did about that, about understanding those those links cross between England and Wales. It's been it's been very successful. So we've got uh, two peers as our chair. So we've got uh, Lord Jones and Lord Hunter the Wirral, who um, obviously are Labour lay, and the Conservative again, who uh, who have set up this this forum to work with uh, different politicians, local politicians on either side, and try and better articulate those links and the and, and more specifically the opportunities from that work across. There. So I think what came back from the meeting was that they wanted to they didn't just want to sit around and kind of talk about the opportunities. They actually wanted to see this progress because they noted that a number of opportunities or, or, or a number of um, attempts have been made to kind of bring together a forum like this in the past that have never really worked. So I think everybody's quite keen to make sure that this makes a positive contribution and doesn't just kind of talk about what what's going on. You know, they, they actually want to move forward and see some progress. So it was great to see that we had um, a parliamentary undersecretary of state for Wales. We had David TC Davis there. Um, and uh, there was also Ken Skates, who's uh, from the Welsh government, who's the Minister for Economy and, and, and North Wales. So they they obviously did presentations at the beginning, both very, very positive about the links and, and the opportunities for the forum going forward. But again, articulating that they, they want to see something positive come out of this meeting as well. So I think in particular, mm -hmm. it was nice to see Ken Skates on there. We did when we did the regional launch of the strategic transport plan in, in Chester, he he came along and did a presentation and, and, and again talked about talks about the importance of those links. So it's um, so it was good to have him still on board and he knows where this is where this has come from as well. So yeah, it was a very, very positive discussion. And what are some of the specific projects? Is there any that you can highlight that are particularly important for this sort of Northwestern Wales, um, you know, connectivity aim? Yeah, so I think um, so. I think there's 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 things like you know like the the, the Halton Curve that's coming up. I know um, one things that they're looking to to push in particular is kind of like a project that's been branded as kind of Growth Track 360, which is probably something that they're more they're more pitching that at us rather than it's something that we've, we've we're completely involved in at the moment. That's more like a local project, but you know it's it, it falls into that same kind of level of ambition that we're we're pushing for. So we're keen to work with people on that on that project um but yeah i think in in general you're looking at you know there's links to you know liverpool john lennon airports obviously mm -hmm. obviously moving up to manchester but i think chester in particular has that strong links looking towards towards north wales but um you know i think um so yes yeah, so there's 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 a, there's a lot going on mm -hmm. And again, this is a really good example of the importance of a strategic body like Transport for the North, because 
we within our own region bringing people together and um, to, to to plan the, the transport interventions and investment that that we need but we're making those links across borders as well so with wales with the midlands uh, and also with with scotland as well and that that's really important because of course you know a rail service or a road doesn't doesn't stop at a border we need seamless links um, and particularly in this in this sort of northwestern and wales area it's about you know um aviation links to the airports and it's also about freight and access to the ports as well so i think this is again another really key area uh, for transport for the north i was gonna say yeah that's it i think um i think obviously you've got you know the a55 and the north wales expressway uh, linking up with the port of Holyhead. that's important but i think one of the things that we've noticed is i think when you look at a map of of, of kind of the transport network of the uk you know a lot of the north north to south links aren't as bad as the east west links mm. so i think even even if you go to scotland we have memorandums of understanding with you know the welsh government with transport scotland and uh with midlands connect as well so we do understand those links we work closer with the midlands obviously on you know hs2 and those kind of north south links as you know going up to scotland we understand those links as well but i think those links between north wales fall into that you know that that east west connectivity you know it's not the one that we mainly talk about which is you know going across the pennines uh, but it is one of those little little areas that you know that can often get missed, you know, because they don't necessarily come under the, the strategic look of you of UK transport, where, where, like the North North South links do. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that update. That's um, really interesting. An area that probably people don't don't realize is even being worked on you know it's not necessarily something that that takes place in public or that everybody's shouting about but really important work um behind the scenes like we say just to keep that into 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 country really and in, into regional connectivity um at the forefront of everybody's minds yeah. Finally, then, for today's uh, podcast, we're going to bring you an interview with Michael Green. He is a Lancashire councillor, and, and I spoke to him recently about all sorts of things, Lancashire and transport. Uh, so we've got a really interesting interview with him for you to enjoy. Uh, what did we touch on? Well, we talked about the industries within Lancashire particularly around advanced manufacturing. So BAE and Rolls-Royce, obviously massive employers, hugely important um, areas of activity within Lancashire. In fact, Lancashire's aerospace cluster is the fourth largest in the world. That's not to be sniffed at. Uh, we touched also on tourism, the importance of tourism for a massive county like Lancashire, um, hugely rural and very beautiful areas as well. Councillor Green told us a little bit about the Eden project in Morecambe, talked about marketing Lancashire as the board to uh, promote and encourage tourism. And of course, we also within that touched on the role of tourism in post-COVID uh, recovery and into growth as well, uh, which is a really interesting area of discussion. Here's that interview with uh, Councillor Michael Green from Lancashire. My name is Michael Green. I'm Cabinet Member for Economic Development, Environment and Planning at, at Lancashire County Council. Um, I've been in this role for three years, um, although I have held a similar role uh, previously, up to 2013. Um, and it, it's essentially what, what I see the role about it is making sure we do everything we possibly can to, to have the right ingredients in place uh, to grow the Lancashire economy. 
and so, so obviously that comes from a number of aspects so it's attracting inward investment it's how we're on economic development schemes at the county council and partners do it in lancashire itself and it's making sure we have the, the key infrastructure that we need um in terms of transport links skills etc and to get to give our residents the very best possibilities uh, currently and importantly into the future in terms of growing the economy creating additional skills uh, skills apprenticeships jobs etc uh, to improve their quality of life moving forwards you are a member of the transport for the north board one of the most active members on the board we often see you tweeting about uh meetings themselves as well as your your journeys to and from the meetings uh you're involved in a lot of the important work particularly on uh things like the northern transport charter uh why do you think transport for the north is so important as a as a regional body uh and can you sort of expand on your input into it on behalf of lancashire and what lancashire gets out of of membership yeah, certainly. So, so I think for me, uh, growing the economy in the north of England is crucially important. Uh, unfortunately, in, in recent years, the, the government has, themselves have seen that. So we've had the initiatives such as the Northern Powerhouse, which, which started under George Osborne when he was the Chancellor. Um, and it, it's very much about levelling up the country and, and maximising the opportunities by linking together the, the towns and cities uh, across the north of England to give us that greater growth working together as a group. Uh, and for me, Transport for the North plays a key role in that. So it, it brings people together from Lancashire, Cumbria, Greater Manchester, Cheshire, Merseyside, uh, and over to our friends in the, in the east, the various Yorkshire authorities, um, the, the Tees areas at the northeast, down, down to Lincolnshire. So, so it's a vast area from, from the border with Scotland to the border with Wales and down to the Midlands. It, it is a vast area. It covers a, a, a wide variety of local authorities, um, some, some unitary, some counties, uh, some elected mayors. Um, so, th so there's a very much of a mis mismatch of, of areas, but that tends to work well. Obviously, from the point of view of, of party politics, which, which I'm pleased to say, extremely rarely does that enter the fray at Transport for the North. Party politics is left at the door and we all work together for what is best for the North of England. Um, but but by its nature, there, there are obviously differences of, of political backgrounds as well. But I think we bring that to the table and try to work together as a key strength uh, to lobby for what we see as important for the North of England, um, for our residents and importantly for our business community. Um, to help us to grow the economy and play an ever bigger role uh, of the economy of the UK as a whole moving forwards. Uh, so, so yes, I, I personally see, see my role on this as, as doing the very best I can. So I make every effort to attend um, meetings of the full board of Transport for the North, uh, but also working groups, etc., so that so that we can play our part in that area. Lancashire um, is the fourth largest authority in the country. Um, but, but sometimes, obviously, being being in the North of England, it, it can sometimes not have the prominence that other areas might do. And indeed, when people think of the North of England, they tend to focus on Manchester, Leeds, maybe Liverpool, maybe Sheffield, maybe Newcastle, um, and, and forget about the rest of the areas. So, so you've got areas like North Yorkshire, you've got areas like Lancashire that have got a tremendous amount 
to add to the economy. Uh, we've got tremendous skills, fourth largest um, aerospace sector in the world. For instance, it is in Lancashire. Advanced manufacturing is a key strength. Areas such as health, um, the energy sector in Lancashire, and of course, moving up to Cumbria, are some really positive strengths, not just on a national scale, but on an international scale. Uh, and we've got to make that prominent whenever we're speaking to anyone. Um, but we've also got to give it as an opportunity to actually grow the economy by attracting investment into skills and investment into transport. And that's very much where, where transport for, no, for the North plays it, its role and a very important role in attracting that inward investment. And we're now starting to see some of the results of that. We'll uh, talk about the impact of COVID-19 uh, specifically um, a little bit further on, uh, but just thinking sort of more more generally, bigger picture and, and that sort of immediate yeah. um, crisis aside, do you think the North uh, as a whole is in a better position than it was five years ago? If so, how do you think we've we've been able to get to that position and, and, and what's next? I think we are in a better position. Um, it, it echoes some of the comments I've already stated. So, so buyers all getting to, together, being able to sit around the table when, when we were able to sit around the table. Now, of course, it's all done virtually um, via um, Teams or Skype or, or Zoom. Um, but whichever way, we, we managed to, to maintain that regular contact, which is so important. And, and we're able to challenge each other. We're able to, to look at ideas, look at options, because... Obviously, not everything is possible in, in the world of infrastructure. A lot of it is extremely expensive. Um, but we are able to look at the priorities and what can make a real difference for the residents and businesses in the north of England. And are able to then collectively to put that case to the various transport authorities, but, but also, crucially, to, to central government to make that case and attract that inward investment. And we are seeing that come to fruition now. So I alluded earlier to the government looking very much at the Northern powerhouse as an agenda, but we are seeing that and we're seeing the, the keenness of the, of the present government um, that got re-elected re in December last year. But one of their top priorities is this so-called levelling up agenda, which is about rebalancing the economy and giving us in the north of England the investment which we, we sadly lacked um, over recent decades no matter which the government of the day has been, there's not been the level of investment that other parts of the country have received. And as a result, we've fallen behind to some extent. Um, but now the government is very keen on, on levelling that back up uh, to give us an opportunity so that we can grow our economy in the north, which makes a massive difference for, for our residents. But importantly, it plays a key part of the of the UK economy. One of the other issues or... Um areas of interest that comes up a lot is uh, tourism, which has a massive part to play right across the north of England. Um, it came up in our uh, recent TFN talk session on business priorities about how tourism um, can be bolstered and can be used to support um, recovery and, and eventual growth, particularly in the sort of post-COVID era. Um, Lancashire in particular has some amazing attractions. It's got the, the natural sites, the Forest of Boland. It's got the connection to um, uh, Miles Standish. Uh, Stephen was giving me a history lesson yesterday, bringing a lot of American tourists um, into the area. Um, it's got amazing towns and cities. It's got beautiful canals that I've known quite well in a, in a previous life. It's got 
gorgeous rural areas. And what's the potential for tourism in Lancashire? How are you uh, supporting the tourist industry um, and how can that that recover and, and come back to growth and really help us in this long term recovery? Absolutely. Um, we've got everything in Lancashire. So we, we set up a, a company called Marketing Lancashire um, very much to promote the county. And that was a few years ago, probably about eight years ago, something like that. Um, we uh, regained control of the county council back in 2017. And, and the first thing we did, I think it was the first the first cabinet meeting that we had, uh, we put funding back into the budget to ensure that the long term future of Marketing Lancashire was maintained because we see their role as, as crucially important, both in, in terms of promoting tourism um, and the various business that is, businesses that are included in tourism, um, but, but also as a, as a means of attracting inward investment into the county, which, which is so important. So yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, tourism in Lancashire is second only to Manchester in, in the northwest of England. So we have uh, more tourism than Cumbria, for instance. Uh, everybody thinks of the, thinks of the Lake District, and, and quite rightly, it's a beautiful area. Um, but we actually have more tourists in, in Lancashire, um, and tourism supports sixty thousand jobs um, in the Lancashire economy. So, so it is critically important. We're always looking at ways uh, to improve that further. So, I sit on the board of Marketing Lancashire, and we're, we're always looking at ways of improving that. But one way that we are focusing on it is we are submitting a bid uh, to become the City of Culture. Uh, so City of Culture for 2025. So obviously the, the clues in the name, it tends to be a city. <laughs> but we are making a bid as a county. Uh, so it's a rather innovative bid. Um, it's looking at using technology uh, to link up the various towns, villages and communities right across Lancashire, rural and urban, to join, join it together as a virtual city of the future. Um, so it's, it's in a very interesting bid. Um, for, for anybody who, who wishes to have a look at that. And so that's something that we are keen on as a means of promoting the county and attracting further visitors and further investment. We're, we're also working, just, just to name one, one project, one, one project that we are working on is um, Eden of the North. Um, the Eden project, as, as you're aware, is based in Cornwall, but they identified a site at Morecambe uh, for a, a unique uh, visitor attraction um, in the future. So it has the benefit of attracting visitors into Lancashire and indeed Cumbria. Um, but on top of that, will act as a, a great ecological uh, short piece. So a way of attracting and encouraging uh, people to, to be more environmentally aware moving forward. So that's, that's something that we are really keen on. And the County Council together with the City Council, the Enterprise Partnership and Lancaster University have supported that with funding to get it to the stage where it's at now. We still need to attract significant further investment, um, but we are hopeful that we'll be able to do that because the Eden Project is, is predicted to have 760,000 visitors a year, I think the number is. So, it, so it's massively significant on, on a national and potentially international scale. Really interesting to hear about the um, City of Culture bid for, for 2025 and you, you referenced Lancashire as a virtual city of the future and connectivity and bringing together villages, towns, cities, 
attractions, areas, facilities. Um, transport's obviously going to be a massive part of that and how people can get between those different areas, whether that is for for leisure on a you know city of culture kind of tourism trip or whether that's that's for business so what do you what do you see in in that challenge and how can a, a very large very diverse county such as Lancashire make sure that it's it's different parts uh, are joined up I, th I think that's all that's always a challenge um we've obviously got uh, Preston railway station um which is I think I'm right to saying it's the busiest railway station in the northwest outside of Liverpool and Manchester. Um, but Preston Station, if you know that station, has suffered from a lack of investment um, over many years. So, so that's something that we are keen on, on attracting extra investment into. A, to make it ready for HS2, um, as and when HS2 arrives. But B, to, to just improve the quality of, of it as a destination as a gateway for, for people entering Lancashire, which is so important, plus uh, on a wider economic level uh, to develop that station and the area around it uh, as a as a location essentially for additional jobs, additional opportunities moving forwards. So that's something which we are really key on, um, but it's also the links into Preston and they need to be north, south, east and west. So we've got a number of number of schemes that we're trying to take forward. So improvements on the South Fylde line uh, linking Preston to Blackpool South. In, in that case, um, in my own area, which we are trying to reopen a, a local railway station called Midjoll, um, which is south southwest of Preston, um, on the Preston to Liverpool via Olmskirt line, um, a station which, like many others, was caused in the 1960s, but it was caused at a time when the area was very rural. Uh, there's now about two and a half to three thousand extra houses that, that weren't there at the time and we've got a new development coming on with best part of a thousand houses coming forward 950 i think the plan that consent is for um so that that will be adjacent to that site so it's an opportunity on a small scale but to open a station give people those better opportunities in terms of transport links improving their quality of life reducing the reliance on the motor car um but also regenerating extra economic opportunities moving forwards and then to, to come back to what i was saying previously about the all important links to the to the east of the county and improving those and um, because we've got to make sure that the residents of burnley um of pendle hindburn etc are able to travel into preston and then access the west coast mainline as well and equally that those residents in, in East Lancashire are able to go over to Yorkshire, as we talked about earlier, and also to go south into Manchester, which is so important. So there's another proposal to actually um, improve services between Cliverall and Blackburn, for instance, and onto Manchester, which is something that we are supporting. And then all, over in the West, we're, we're supporting something called the Burst Score Curves, which I won't go into the detail, but effectively, that, that would allow more trains to, to go from West Lancashire to Southport uh, and links up with that, that economy as well. So that there's a whole host of schemes that, that we are working on and proposing, uh, and we're very keen to take these forward and, uh, and very pleased that Transport for the North have been working with us uh, to actually put the case for these schemes to government. You mentioned um, within that about the need to reduce car use. Um, you've spoken a lot about the various 
rail schemes that would support that, the Skipton to Cone line, um, HS2 in the, in the longer term, you know, dealing with congestion at Manchester that, that kind of radiates out and has an impact on the um, appeal of, of, of going by going by rail. Um, what role does active travel, cycling, walking um, have in reducing car use and, and what's being done in, in Lancashire to, to encourage that method of getting around? I think it, it does have a role to play. That this is a personal view. I think its role is greater when you're in a, a very large town or a city location, uh, rather than Lancashire. The majority of Lancashire tends to be more rural, so it's more difficult to travel distances by walking or cycling. Of course, uh, so that's where the car comes in if there's no viable public transport. Um, so, so we are keen, I mean, as well as the rail schemes, as a county council, we've put additionally uh, three million extra into subsidised bus routes because we believe that that's important, particularly because of the rural nature of the county in linking our communities and making sure people have access to important services that, that they need. So I think we put three million in extra per year. Uh, that was when we took control of the county council, but we've put additional funding in this year. Uh, some further, further millions to, to enhance those routes moving forwards. And, and we've seen those in, in a number of areas, not least the division that I represent as a, a community that was completely cut off from public transport. It now has a bus route on the on the back of that, that additional funding, so it can make a real difference. But you're right to ask about the, the active transport and the, and the cycling and walking, and that can play a role. And I think it's, its role is very much around cities like Preston, um, and, and we've been keen on getting uh, bicycle lanes and improving those connections. We, we've got the um, Preston uh, loop uh, around Preston for cycling. That's a t 21 miles of, of cycling off-road. The vast majority of it's off-road. Um, so that, that's a keen one. Uh, in Lancaster, we are taking forward a number of uh, cycling schemes as well, linking the university and the city centres, for, for instance. Um, and just, just south of Lancaster, there's a new garden village uh, which is being developed um, and sustainable travel uh, will be a key part of making that a success in the future as well. Uh, you've referenced already um, the vast industry in Lancashire around aerospace and manufacturing, so home to BAE and Rolls-Royce. Um, I know, again, in the TFN talks on business priorities recently, we were joined by Miranda Barker from the East Lancs Chamber of Commerce. She was particularly picking up on the, the challenges around uh, those industries. How important is it that, that those industries survive the current crisis um, and what can the the county council and bodies like tfn do to to champion and, and support them yeah i, I think advanced manufacturing and um, aerospace are crucially important to us we are a county of manufacturing um blackburn which is part of the traditional county of Lancashire, it's not part of the county council because it's a unitary, but we work very closely together. Uh, Blackburn, I think, is, is the number one uh, town in the country for manufacturing. Uh, and we have a festival of making that we hold there on, on an annual basis normally, not not this year due to obvious reasons. Um, but, but that illustrates how important it is to us. Um, and advanced manufacturing and aerospace are crucially important. As I said, um, aerospace is the fourth largest cluster in the world. 
so so it is vast. But yes, sadly, um, due to the current crisis, is facing its challenges um, because in so many ways the aerospace industry has been affected. So we are directly working with them by ourselves and through the enterprise partnership uh, to look at support, um, offering that sectoral support moving forwards, offering additional opportunities, looking at different ways of investing, different ways of the companies working together and ensuring we, that we can retain the skills which are so important moving forwards. Because obviously, if it, once skills are lost, it's very difficult to get them back again. So we think that's important to keep the skills for manufacturing, advanced manufacturing and aerospace within the county. But where that may prove not to be the case, um, to, to maybe transfer those skills into other sectors of the economy moving forwards. Oh over and above any projects that we have ourselves. So so just to touch on some of the projects that, that we are working on as a county council. So we've got a pipeline for strategic development schemes, which I think is one and three quarter billion pounds worth uh, of schemes moving forwards. Uh, a variety of them, some, some of them we've already touched on, such as the Eden of the North, etc. cetera. Uh, we've got a, a scheme called Lancashire Central at, at Kewardon. Uh, which is right uh, close to the M6 and M65 motorway links and the M61. And that will create potentially of uh, 3,000 3, plus jobs on a long-term basis. So we'll be bringing that scheme forward. We've got the enterprise zones, four enterprise zones. Uh, in particular, we're doing a lot of work on developing Samsbury enterprise zone, which is over, uh, it straddles between South Fibble and Ribble Valley. Uh, so we're working on a strategic board with BAE systems that are based over there, looking at in, investing and bringing in growth deal funding, new partnerships. Uh, we've got entered a new partnership with Electricity Northwest to power up the site, which will create a platform to for spade ready infrastructure and schemes to, to develop that site fully and bring on board thousands of new jobs. Also on that site, there's uh, preparatory work is being is taking place at the moment for 20 million advanced manufacturing research center and um, which again will, will provide a, a massive boost to the local economy transport for the north has developed and submitted the economic recovery plan uh to the government that consists of the northern infrastructure pipeline of road rail smart travel and i think there's 160 something schemes on there it's uh I'm going to say 700 million pounds, I think, in total. Um, that's obviously on the on the regional uh, level. And that's again, it covers some of the schemes that I think you've already mentioned. But, you know, it's a mixture of shovel ready things that can yeah. get going within the next few months to support the immediate needs of, of the economy. It's things that need to be done over the next few years. And then it's things that we need over, you know, slightly longer term than that and into the following decades to really ensure that we're ready to, to get back to growth how is it how important is it that we do this um recovery plan on that regional level and again use that that one voice and work as as the north to get the money we we need invested in our in our networks and to to really bring that um leveling up to life i think it's the old adage isn't it the sum of the parts is, is greater isn't it so so it's that having that greater voice by, by working together uh, and yes re really pleased that we've got a, a vast number of schemes from Lancashire uh, as part of that plan um, and that we are working with transport 
for the North to bring these schemes forward. And we, we've talked about lots of them. I'm not going to, to go over them all, all again, but but they're all in there. And some of the some of the local schemes, such as reopening uh, railway stations that have been caused, such as also opening stations in in parts of Lancashire where, where there hasn't been a station. Um, so big settlements like Skelmersdale that doesn't have a station, we, we are taking that forward to develop that. We're taking forward another station north of Preston. As I mentioned, we're, we're looking at reopening Midjol railway station to the southwest of Preston. So, so there's a number of, of schemes in there that we think can make a, a local difference uh, to the Lancashire economy, but wider than that, right, right across the north. Um, but working together, it, it just brings that extra weight uh, of argument that, that we are all supporting each other uh, to grow the north as well, and, and that's what it, what it needs to be about. Where do you want our region to be in the in the next three decades? I want Lancashire as part of it, um, and Lancashire as part of a very forward-looking north of England, an area that has, you know, it's it's the same strength as I, as I mentioned for Lancashire on its own, but I think a lot of those apply to the north of England as well. So it's that nature of being inventive, and the ingenuity the innovation, being forward-looking, and I think being friendly people. We, we sometimes don't, don't sell that enough, but we actually are very friendly people across the north of England, and we make people welcome. And I think that that is key as well. So it's playing to all those strengths. And for the north of England to be a key leader, and, and to an extent we already are, we, we already figure on, on a worldwide scale in terms of our economy, but there is so much more that we can do. Uh, and by work, continuing to work together for a common goal, uh, for, by creating those extra connectivity between our towns and cities, in terms of importantly road links, uh, where, where there simply aren't the possibility for public transport links, um, but, but where there are the public transport links, improving that connect, connectivity for, for rail, improved lines, stations, etc., improving the bus links, getting the transport connected together so people can buy one ticket and then travel with one ticket rather than having to buy a succession of tickets, for instance, which doesn't act as an incentive for, for people to use public transport. But working in a, in a better way and improving the, the use of, of cycling and other initiatives moving forward, and some of which we won't actually know about at the current moment in time because technologies will move on over the next 30 years. But it's having that vision for us to be world leading, and uh, which we can be, and we can be one of the destinations of choice. So that if anybody wishes to open a business, that they will come to the north of England, and, and hopefully, from my perspective, they'll come to Lancashire. But if not Lancashire, well, then one of our partners, be it Manchester, be it Cumbria, be it Yorkshire, come to the north of England and invest, because it's a green, pleasant place where where you have a good quality workforce on the ground with the skills and the education required to access the jobs of the future and to make a real success for that business. If you're a resident, if you're somebody that wants to come and study, you will come to the north of England because we have some of the world's best universities. And again, bringing it down to Lancashire, we do have some of the very best universities at Lancaster, uh, Times University of the Year, I think it was last year. Um, University of Central Lancashire, Ed Jill, University of Cumbria, with four important universities there. I think we've got the highest number of STEM graduates in the country. 
uh, from Lancashire, which is crucially important in terms of taking forward that science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Moving forwards, they are the skills of the future and we've got the talented young people here. So it's attracting those young people to come to study in Lancashire and to stay here. And it's importantly about keeping our young people in Lancashire and keeping our young people in the north of England. Wherever you wish to name, across the north of England, there are opportunities for people to stay here, to, in, to uh, enjoy a good quality of life, to seek high value employment and to make a real difference for their local community and for society as a well. whole. The north of England has it all, but over the next 30 years, let's all work together to make it even better. Well, that just about wraps up today's podcast. Uh, thanks to Stephen for joining me once more. Always useful to have your knowledge and your insight on the show. Thank you very much. No problem at all. Um, usual plugs then for you to stay in touch and stay up to date with Transport for the North in between these podcasts. So head over to our website, transportforthenorth.com, for our latest news, our latest insights. There's some really interesting articles uh, coming through at the moment. So we've been talking about active travel with some of our local transport authority members. We're also talking future scenarios. So stay tuned on our website for, for all of the latest on there. Of course, the website is also the place where you'll find links to watch our board meetings. Also, you'll find links to the previous podcasts and you'll also find uh, the latest from our TFN talk series. Uh, Stephen, can you tell us when the next TFN talks webinar is going to happen and what it's on? Um, well, we're, we're having a little break from, from the main ones because we're, we're going to take some up some activity at, uh, at the party conferences over the next few weeks. Um, so, so we'll be, um, you know, we'll be doing a couple of sessions there. Obviously, they're all they're all virtual now. So that'll be interesting to see how, how that mm. works with such big kind of high profile conferences. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you with how those went. They normally go relatively well and positively. People tend to like us or at least they tell us that they like us. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we'll see how they go, but we'll, we'll feedback on, on, on how that went. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a really different experience this year. That's for sure. None of those um, kind of, you know, in-person fringe events with the, with the, the odd, odd, odd glasses of something, something bubbly and little nibbles that go along with those. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that changes the dynamic, changes the types of conversations that that happen and, and what comes out of those so fantastic so um yeah you can also keep in touch with tfn in the meantime via our social media channels we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram and we're on linkedin um, and we also have our weekly email newsletter as well that's called all points north and if you head to our website and scroll down to the bottom you'll see a little box to put your email address in there and subscribe to that so that's everything for this podcast. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, like I say, keep in touch in the meantime. And uh, yeah, we look forward to uh, chatting to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.